Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Grow. I am your host, Daniel Karim. Grow is a psychology podcast in which I interview extraordinary people and pick their brains, ranging from entrepreneurs, psychologists, monks, artists to professional athletes. Goal is to investigate and deconstruct happiness and success and explore what it takes to evolve as a person and kick ass in life. Today's guest is Chiang. So happy to have you. I'm very thrilled. How are you today? Hi, Daniel. It's so nice to meet you. I'm very well. Thank yeah. you. Is this your first podcast? No. No? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. that's it. Yeah. It's, okay. Yeah. I think you probably have more experience with uh, being interviewed than, than I have. Okay, let's start. Um, the podcast is uh, sectioned in four parts. The first is to get to know you a little bit. The next part is about happiness and success. Then it's about uh, habits and behavior. And the last part is a very uh, quick session of answering short questions, which are called a goal questionnaire. Uh, so, yeah, let's go. First question. If people ask you what you do, what do you say to them? So I'm, uh, yeah, it depends on who asks me. But if it's from a business or um, normal social, I would uh, answer, yeah, I'm a businesswoman. Mm. Yeah, and I run my own company. Okay. Uh, what kind of company are you running right now? So my company is a company like a trading company plus um, a brand, branding company. Yeah, we run our own brand. We, we start from um, design our products and uh, manufacturing by ourselves and then marketing and sales by ourselves. Okay. Yeah. What was the first moment you know you wanted to be a a businesswoman, an entrepreneur? Um, first moment, I can't remember, but the first moment I announced this um, as my dream in front of other people, which is when I was 13 years old. 13? Yeah. What kind of moment was, was that? So I, I remember we had a, a class um, and the teacher asked each one go to the stage to tell other children, classmates, what is your dream for the future? So I stand, I stood up and uh, and told uh, all, the, in front of all classmates, I said, my dream is I want to uh, earn good money, big money. Mm. And after I just said this first sentence, the whole class was laughing, <laughs> dead laughing. Mm. I feel so embarrassed that I, I just finished this uh, speech. Uh, it's a, it was feeling very shame, very regret, but it was a true saying from my heart. Yeah, so I still remember this thing. Amazing. <laughs> Outside of business, when you were young, where did you geek out? What were your other hobbies? And uh, if you would describe how you grew up, what would that be like? Um, other hobbies. I used to have many uh, hobbies when I was a teenager. I loved reading and I loved music and I have had my uh, professional dancing training for more than 10 years. What kind of dancing? Uh, professional dancing like ballet mm. and uh, yeah, some traditional Chinese dancing. And, uh, and also I used to be um, the hostess for all kinds of shows and uh, um, conference etc I, I like yeah, I used to like stay in the 
center of the stage. <laughs> yeah, when I was very young. <laughs> so true with business also. What moved you to, at one point, leave arts and dancing behind and focus more on uh, on success and business? Uh, I think it's dancing or art uh, hobbies, uh, ho arts um, mm, hobbies, they are just hobbies. So I know this from very beginning, they are hobbies. Mm. And uh, so for me, I, I understand, I understood and uh, know what I want to do very early age. So I know I will be, I will do business, I will concentrate on what can earn money. And, uh, and I also know my way of uh, being successful or earn money is to be a academic way. So I had a very good education. I had my uh, bachelor degree and also I had my master degree. So I was always working hard during my education. Of course, I had my hobby, dancing or singing or etc. But they are only hobbies. But I used to, of course, also had a real wish, but I know I won't do it, which is I, I'm very interested in psychology and uh, also to learn histories. This was two things I love to do, but I know I won't do it as my profession. Yeah, glad you met me. We can exchange ourselves perfectly. And <laughs> you teach me business, I teach you about psychology. Uh, you were talking about that from a very young age, you know what you wanted to be. For a person who maybe is not so sure about what what he or she want to be, what advice would you give to that person? Because many people I feel they it takes them a very long time to realize that their hobbies are just that hobbies. At a certain point, they have to move on. For example, from my own experience, I spent years and years and years on on trying to become a professional basketball player, and Although it was fun, I should, in my opinion, I should have moved on a little bit earlier. And there seems to be a delusion about it, and you seem to have found something very early. What advice would you give to young people who want to found uh, their true calling in life? Uh, to be, before I answer these advices, I would like to tell everyone that why I can have the ideas very early age there are two three reasons the number one reason is um, uh, I think everyone know it's most important thing is your parents your family environment I have a parents especially my mother she's a very ambitious woman she educated me from when I was very young and uh, you have to be successful you have to um, do business because business is really the major way to earn good money and to be respected by people. And so I think I had this education and environment that give me a lot of, you know, uh, atmosphere that uh, to affect me. This is first point. I do think it's important. So uh, many times I saw other uh, people. Um, they also sometimes com complained. They, they they have the feeling they they had too less guidance from their parents, which is uh, I think parents are important for children to form their dreams, yeah, to give them the guidance. This is important. This is one of the duties that parents should remember. And of course, I also know people. Their parents give them over 
guidance, yeah. Push too much, this is also a sadness. So, uh, so, but in my case, it's my mother gave me the good indication. And the second reason is, uh, I think it's about culture because in China, I think we have common, uh, we have common sense or common concept that learning good education is forever the uh, the only right way for the life or for whole society. So you can say the Chinese has this reputation, have all children work hard, learn, etc. So this is our whole country's environment. So I'm also one of this kind of child. <laughs> and uh, also the third is myself. Um, so I uh, also, again, I have to say, I, I appreciate my mother's teaching to me a lot because she also teach me to love reading. Uh, at the beginning, I, I, I didn't like read. Yeah. I like daydreaming. I like being lazy, but this is not allowed in China, yeah? <laughs> not allowed in our family. So I have to read. At the beginning, I, I was forced to read, but later I really fall in love with reading. What kind of books did you fall in love reading with? I, I love reading for many books, philosopher books, yeah, philosophy and also history books and also uh, scientific books. Also, I'm I reading many. My my reading and my music are very wide. Yeah, I love many things. So um, so I have to say, this um, this is good start for my for my for my life. I had a good start. Yeah, good foundation. If you could say. Do you remember a moment or a, a lesson that you that you were taught by your parents or that you ob observed and made a major impact on your life? I think be? this is a daily thing, like why people have to eat healthy, because food you have to eat three times per day, hmm. 306 days, 65 days per year. So thus, if you eat healthy, if you get this healthy, behavior, habit, then you you get benefit. So this effect from family, it's also like our eating. It's every day because we from we were born until we left our parents. It's in China, it's 20 years, 18 years. So this after this 18 years, you know, you are completely it's in your blood. Mm -hmm. In your opinion, I, when you would compare the way kids grew up in Europe right now and Germany, especially in comparison with, 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 China, with China, do you think there needs to be a balance between one way or the other, or that we in Germany have become too soft in educating our children? Because clearly the, the Chinese are running away when it comes to uh, population growth and also uh, business and education wise. Um, yeah, of course, because from my, because uh, myself is like the person who experienced the history, because I was born in 1978. This is the first year that China uh, reformed. Yeah, and uh, so uh, so I have been growing in a very good environment that I have full good education and uh, full good opportunity to see the world, to do business and. Uh, uh, so I experienced the development of China, and I also uh, left China when I was 19 years old. So I now I'm nearly 40. So nearly half of my time is in China. Half of my time is in uh, Europe. What moved you to leave China? Uh, I want to see the world. I think I'm belonging to the 
I, I'm a very international person. Yeah, I don't. I do not want to limit myself in uh, one certain country or one certain culture or one certain language. Mm. I want to be more open, more international. I always tell people, yeah, you have to. We have to be open. Yeah, open mind is very important. Yeah. So, so compare China and the European Western culture or education. I have to say, uh, Chinese. Uh, are doing one thing right is uh, it's cruel but it's right thing is to really work hard and being very serious uh, seriously for the education yeah. our children paid much more to learn than the children in western but of course i also know many friends in um, in, in europe or in us i think it also depends on the the people the the People I know who they are uh, high-level business people or richer people, uh, they are also strict for their children, and they are also they paid also a lot of effort um, and money and time on their children's education, and so I guess this is uh, finally the common understanding for helping help, helping our children to have a better life, which is education to learn to become smart really smart, to learn more knowledge, to know more about our history, to know what happened now. Thus, then we understand better what can be happen in the future. And so uh, learn a lot, read a lot forever. I think it's it's good thing. So we were talking about education in comparison to Europe with China. Any particular mentors or teachers or professors that 10x your process or that were special guides for you along the way? Of course, the teaching and the education um, style from China and Europe are uh, quite different. For example, I give you an example. In China, we start to, now even it's more extreme, they start to teach their children from one or two years old, to teach them write, read. They're really pushing children, which is, I don't like it. But for my age, it's still like normal. So I start to get into kindergarten from when I was three years old. But from there, I have to learn a lot. I stay in the kindergarten whole day and I learn uh, drawing, learn writing the letters and uh, learn uh, dancing. Uh, you know, uh, the teacher was quite strict already. And then uh, we start the uh, primary school from when we were six years old. and. Um, Uh, you know, Chinese are very complicated language. We have two, more than 2,000 letters and uh, we have to learn, we have to remember. So that means every day we have, uh, even we were only six or seven years old, every day we have very heavy homework. We start school from 6.30. That means we get up from six. We, we were in school 6.30. Then we, we, have, uh, we have to learn, uh, read in the morning for 30 minutes, then we have four lessons, full morning. Then we will have a lunch break from 12 to uh, 1.30 or 2. Then we start from 2 until 6. So we have two parts of daily study. This is non-stop studying. Then in the evening, when we are home, 6.30, um, then after a dinner, maybe it's 7.30 or 8, we have to do homework. The homework from primary school, like six or seven years kids, you can spend three hours for homework, non-stop. And your parents have to be there to help you. So you can consider the children from six years old can have such tough, tough training, daily training. And we have uh, every month a test 
every month, every every two weeks a small test, every month a middle test, and every four months a big test. So uh, the teacher will announce who is number one, who is number last. Hmm. So you can feel very ashamed. They will announce who is uh, yeah, the in last front also? Of, yeah, in front of all children who you wow, are, where that, you are. And also they will monstrous. call your parents all together in school and announce again hmm. whose children is number one, whose children is number two, number last. So everyone are very under very cruel pressure. So uh, every, every parent care about how good are their children p- behave in school. So teachers are very pushing and the parents are very pushing. Children are very poor. But after this 15 years, crazy, cruel education you had in Chinese school, you become very intelligent and very strong. Mm. Yeah. So this is different. Now that you experience both, you have now the Chinese Chinese educational background. You are a successful businesswoman, but you have all your own kids right now, and so it's it it must be challenging to find a line for you between I want to push my kids, but I also want to not let my children go through these cruel experiences of of I you have to perform or you're not uh, respected, valued, or even loved. Uh, this is a very good question because I also ask myself very often, but I guess I'm not smart um, intelligence enough to answer it even. Because one side, myself, I, I, I really don't like Chinese uh, education system. I think it's too extreme. But I also see the benefit for whole country, whole nation yeah, from this cruel education system, even myself. Uh, sometimes I ask why I can be comparably a strong person. I think I guess this education experience is one of the hard training to myself, <laughs> and uh, I also, you know, your brain after such many years hard training. When we do mathematics or English or Chinese or histories, we have crazy hell of uh, papers we have to finish daily. So this is a super terrible training to your brain. So finally, yeah, you have a good brain and you have good ability to analyze things, to handle papers, to handle numbers, etc. It's really a good training, finally. So I, I hate it and I get benefited. And so to my children, uh, I have an open mind because uh, they, are, they were born in Germany and they are really under this Western system. And uh, I, I saw how happy they are how much they love to go to school, which all me and my classmates, we all hate school. We all wish that earthquake or bomb <laughs> to our school every day. We really hilarious. hate it. But when I saw my children love to go to school so much, I think because <laughs> uh, life is, uh, can be long boring, but life is also short. Um, I, you know, sometimes this last 20 years cruel education I had in China, sometimes you can also see 20 years are tough, yeah, like wasted your life. Of course, it's not wasted. I learned a lot. So I, I am happy to see my children enjoyed these years that I used to be suffered. And uh, But of course, I'm worried when I see my other Chinese friends, uh, how their children learn, grow. I have a feeling maybe in Already I saw the differences from my children to their children. And in five, ten years, 
the gap will be even bigger. <laughs> so I, I can be, this is a pressure, but I try to find, uh, uh, so this is sometimes like, uh, we, we, this would be the same question, which culture is better, Western culture or Eastern culture, yeah? Uh, which society is uh, more healthy, Chinese society or Western society? It's, yeah, finally it's completely different system. And I respect each, I respect each. And uh, we also have to see as a development uh, uh, view, because uh, China uh, used to have very good history and used to be a leading country for thousand years. But for the last 300 years, we were behind. But the last 40 years, we come up again. So maybe next 10 years, 20 years, we, now the whole human society has been changed. We don't need to wait another hundred years to see a country becomes glory again. So maybe in another 10 years, China can becomes the number one in the world again. So at that time, maybe the whole world will have a more uh, discussion about why China has been successful. Should we learn from them? Because for last hundred years, since China was behind, so Chinese people was very humble, was very open to Western culture. And uh, we learned a lot from Western education system, uh, medical system, and the science, uh, education system, and the society system. So we learned a lot from Western, and uh, we also keep our own good tradition. So being humble, being open, work hard, forever a right thing. So if one day China becomes number one, I think, I guess it's because we, there are several most important things we did right. Yeah. So I think Western society should be, of course, Western society has to be successful for the last four or 500 years. So, but uh, sometimes the success can make you blind. So I think now it's a time for Western society becomes open, really open, real open, and uh, not arrogant, and uh, be humble again to see uh, what's happening to the other part of the world and to learn from other culture, to learn the good thing, not everything. So, um, so I have myself has been a very good example for benefit from my own culture and also learn from Western culture and uh, not only culture, many things. Yeah. So I learn both. I know what is bad from China, what is good from China. I know what is good from Western and what is not so good from Western. So I, I pick up what I thought is good from both sides. Let's go on to a little bit older uh, students. If you could teach ongoing entrepreneurs, people who want to make it, but who are in their beginning shoes, and you could teach them uh, one or two things. What would you give them along the way, and what would you make mandatory for them to uh, to study, or what skill is important for them, in your opinion? Um, yeah, I appreciate you ask this question, but uh, it's hard to answer because uh, I saw so many uh, young, successful um, entrepreneurs from Germany, and uh, so I'm also even learn from them. I also learn from different age entrepreneurs by myself. So my own tips, uh, I can only tell what are the most important thing for me, yeah, being successful um, or being 
to, to go to my success. Yeah, I'm still working on it. So I think first of all is uh, you have to insist. Yeah. So you do not, you have your own ideas, your dream, but you have to insist on it. Do not change so easy just because one obstacles, one troubles, yeah, or several troubles. So, so stay with your idea and work on it. Change the method, but you have the same target, but you can change method to reach your target. So insist is one word. I have to say one thing is very important for entrepreneur because to run a company is very, very hard. You yes. have to be very much insist. Um, you know, the second thing is um, to keep hungry. Yeah, that uh, uh, for example, sometimes very fast or sometimes takes years, but finally you reach one target, then you will have next target. Yeah, you will not stay in a success. Yeah, so you, you have your next target. So this is a hunger from your heart for going up. Maybe your next wish or your future ideas is not anymore yeah i want to earn more money or i want to have a bigger car maybe you want something higher something more but uh, whatever you want you have to keep going up yeah this is uh, endless for your life this this wish i i hope will be you will carry this wish by the end of your life because one day when people lose this wish to going up this is like young heart yeah then you are old. And also, I know many depression people, maybe they just don't have it. We had a beautiful conversation before comparing highly successful people with, with people who are at the other side of the spectrum, who maybe even have depressive tendencies. And my take on this is that people need to, we need something to shoot for. We need a vision, a dream, a compelling idea or goal for our future that so we can go through all the hardships and getting up early and walking extra hard because the division at the end of the tunnel is worth it because in our opinion when we get there we're gonna be more happy or whatever when you saw young people who were hungry where do you think they should find balance because often in my opinion when you have this deep, deep hunger inside of yourself, you tend to lose perspective and even balance. And this is something I struggle a lot with, is to realize that, okay, this, this project you are working on right now maybe is your dream, but spending time with your family, doing, uh, going to basketball training, going out with your friends, being still playful is also important. And, I am not sure if you can re become successful without sacrificing that to a point or being a little bit obsessive about it and really going all out and hunting for the thing you want. What is your take on that? Um, I understand. This can happen to many very successful people. I used to know some people. They work for a consultant company and the a very successful big consultant company they said in their company there are many these guys only uh, take their time for work they have full of luxury cars have apartment in any city you can imagine but they are alone yeah so they have only money yeah they, they are so 
poor, that they have only money. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, th this kind of life for me is uh, um, hard to imagine. I, I, I can't hold this kind of life. Did you have a, a phase in your life at the middle? Like, walk us through the process of you set out into the world. You, you go to London. You, you want to conquer, conquer the world. What was that like for you? Like, what were your sacrifices? What, how much did you have to work? What, what is it like for you to really having a vision in your mind and then going after it and making, trying to make it a reality? Mm, I think this is a very um, deep question because uh, what is behind of this driving yeah, we have? I want to be rich, I want to be successful, I want to do this, I want to do this, that. What is a driving? Because everybody has different driving in their heart. And so this is the first question is, uh, what is this core driving in your heart? Where does this come from? Number two is, uh, what is the most important thing we should, philosophy or logic, we should apply to, to the life, to human beings' life? And uh, so the second question is, uh, uh, I get benefit from our Chinese culture, because uh, many people know Chinese culture, uh, this yin yang, this female male, have you remember this yeah. round? So this is uh, a symbol that many people saw from Kung Fu movie. Yeah. Uh, but this is a very core culture from us. Um, I think 3,000 years ago, we have a, a great a philosophy, philosopher. We have several wonderful super philosophers, and they created a very important theory. Uh, if I translate it into English, called balance. This this yin yang is also about balance. Women and men, uh, male and female, should have balance. No one is a king. No one is a slave. We are balanced. We we need to be equal. Balance. Yeah then we, the world can run in good, the society can run in good. So this is finally, so many people think, think it in a very complicated way, but actually it's a very simple uh, uh, opinion. It's just, it's just talking about balance. So for whole our life, or whole, for whole our earth environment and society, uh, the whole world and uh, ourselves are everything about balance. So, so you have to find your own balance. But what is your own balance? Everybody's balance points are different. This is about, about your core driving. So you have to listen to your heart. You have to searching. You, you have it. You have to listen to it. Everyone has different. Someone has to be an artist, then he has a better balance. Someone has to be very rich, then he's balanced. Someone has to be a family dad, then he feel more balanced. So you have to find your own balance. So, what is your own balance? So my balance is a normal balance. I think for me, um, my own success for my career, for my education and the career is the same thing for me. Yeah, it's uh, my own challenge. Yeah, first part education, second part career. So this is my own thing. This is about my own. So I, I care about it. I have to achieve good thing from both. And the second balance is uh, uh, my children and my family. So I love my family, I love children. So um, many times when I had business trip in other country, I haven't seen my children for days. 
uh, in this crazy tired evening when I'm come back to the hotel, I feel I can feel lost. Why I'm working here? What I'm doing here? So so uh, yeah. So this family children balance for me is the second most uh, same important thing. Their children, yeah, family, my parents, my children. Uh, this is your own blood, yeah. Either your parents, either your children. So this is my second balance. My third balance is about my my soul, my heart. So this means my lover, yeah, my um, soul partner or my lover. This is uh, the third thing. I think it's very important. So I need this three thing to balance as a central balance. I I should build up. And uh, of course, uh, this is central balance. You have a next layer, yeah. Can be friendship, can be partnership in business, can be, uh, you know, your own hobby, sport. Yeah, so we build up our balance step by step, yeah. So this can be, a, finally, we hold a very healthy life, yeah. So this is my own tips. What a great, great answer. We learned a lot. Let's go over to the second uh, section of the interview. We already covered a lot of the topics. The second uh, section is about happiness and success. So let's start with an easy question to uh, lighten the mood. Uh, if Nicolas Cage would come to dinner, what would you cook? <laughs> <laughs> I know he has a Korean wife. <laughs> has he? Uh huh. Ah, I didn't so know that. I guess. Mm, he's not a stranger for um, uh, Eastern food. And so if I have to cook, then I cook a beef steak, <laughs> which is no risk. I like it. I guess most people like it, and it's simple to cook. <laughs> for people who are not here, we had a big beef steak with sushi an hour ago, which is a, a awesome combination for me. Uh, okay, next question. What would be a perfect day for you? A perfect day for me. Perfect day for me is uh, get up early and uh, work hard, then concentrate on my work, and start from six. Then end by three or four p.m. Then I can spend a few hours with my partner, yeah, my life partner for sport, for having a relax, to drink a coffee or some have a sunshine somewhere. Then evening. What kind of coffee would you drink? How do you like your coffee? Um, this coffee is a symbol. So for maybe for my partner, it's a coffee. For me, it's a ah, tea. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Yeah, I yeah. So, it, I so I, I'm not a coffee drinker, finally. Okay. So uh, then, uh, being relaxed, being together, to have these two people's time to talking and uh, feel, yeah, we we are together. And uh, then in the evening, come home, do shopping. Do grocery shopping and come home cook for whole family. Yeah, having a good cook time <laughs> and then have a dinner with children. <laughs> an evening again yeah. steak. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> We have to change every day the menu, <laughs> not repeat. <laughs> yeah, so this is a, a nice life I like. Yeah. When you think of the word successful, what person comes to mind for you? Um, There are many successful people. The one I really think great is uh, um, George Washington. Yeah, and I, I think uh, he's a hero in my. What? 
because he's he he lead American be independent, then he also quit after this. Yeah. So he's he's not a slave of his success. Uh, yeah. What do you mean by slave of success? Because he 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 fight nearly contribute his life mm. uh, for for fighting for war for being successful for make American independent that he is the first president of America. So by human beings nature, yeah, that he should stay there, yeah, enjoy his success and uh, uh, enjoy to be the king, yeah, boss. But he is, um, he is obviously, uh, his soul has been growed higher than this basic human's nature. Yeah, so he can, he give up. Yeah, and he he go he went home and give up this position. And uh, I think not many people who can do it. Yeah, and uh, this I think it's uh, yeah. So he's he's not the slave of his own success. He has freedom. He has a free soul. That he can still thinking, yeah, and uh, so I think this is uh, he. He is. This person. reminds me of a uh, sorry for interrupting a question that I had for you. Mm -hmm. You know, I am myself very young in my endeavors of becoming successful myself. Maybe someday, and it is fascinating me for me to talk to someone who is on the other side of the rainbow and who conquered his dreams already. What happens if you get what you are after? Maybe if you you became a millionaire, and then what happens then? Do you set further goals, or how does that feel like for you? So there are three feelings. Number one, when you get what you want through your hard working, this is fantastic. Even many people say, "Oh, when I really get it, I feel boring. Oh, it's it's so so." I don't think these people are really worked for what they want. I don't know. But for me, my own experience is if you have a target, if you really work on this target and if you finally reach the target, this is wonderful. And this is the most, uh, this is a very important s step that you find yourself. You get your good balance and you even find the regulation of the, of the world. Yeah. Work hard and then you, you get it. Yeah, what was the things. moment for you where you realized Okay, I have a dream, but that it was one step further for you and that you realized this can really work. I can really get this. What was the phase in your life where you had this? I think this is, there are many this kind of experience. For example, you, you work hard in this uh, class, you want to you know, get a good score for your test. You, get, you work hard on it, then you get it, then you, you have the same feeling, yeah. And or you have a target, you go, you want to go to Harvard. You you have to do several tests, several proposals. Then if you one day you make it, then you it's same same feeling. So I think for my uh, young age, I had several of this kind of experiences. So this is uh, uh, also a kind of building up a good foundation for my for my life. I understand. Okay, work hard. Yeah, work hard and. Uh, Uh, set up target, work hard, you get it. You, it's not guarantee you will get it, but 80% at least you will get it. So this is a um, good learning. So first of all, I have to say, when you really reach a kind of target, even a quite high target, 
the first feeling is good, wonderful, fantastic. Even maybe it really takes hard, hard work, long, long time, you reach it. But anyway, you feel good. The second feeling is, um, well, uh, after a few days, after a few months, you feel, okay, not anymore too exciting. <laughs> uh, so you have new target, you have new ideas. But anyway, since your first successful, you have, you have good feeling. You have good foundation feeling that can support you achieve a next step. This is good. So you, you have to carry on yeah, to find the next thing for your life. And the third is uh, after this several achievement successful you have been done, you learn to be really real self-confident. So this real self-confident, it's not depends on how successful you are, how people think about you. It's completely from your own judgment, yeah? how you think about it, how you feel about it. Even success or unsuccess won't affect too much about your own opinion to yourself. So this is your real self-confident and the real middle balance. And uh, so one day when you get this point, you get free, really free. The f this freedom is like I said, George uh, Washington. Yeah, he can he, he can he can say goodbye to what he achieved. <laughs> yeah. How do you measure yourself for success? Saying that, where comes your self-confidence from? I think uh, uh, the real uh, good measurement should be coming from. Uh, it's it shouldn't too much come from you compared to another. For example, if we are in the same class, if I think we like in China, teacher will tell you how much scores each has, how much <laughs> uh, positions each are in the ranking ra ranking. If we are in China, well, Daniel and I, okay, today he is number four, I'm only number ten. Okay, uh, so I don't think it would be that. No, way no, I, I mean, if, if, yeah, it's very often More happened in my own all education in China. So, well, I, I think, okay, tomorrow if I'm number four, then I'm happy enough because I'm same good like Daniel, or I'm better than him, so I feel good. This is actually also can be good, but this is a fake happiness. The real success is you compare your today yourself to the yesterday yourself. You you should you should really compare. So if today I becomes a better myself compared to who I was, I feel I'm successful. Because for example, sometimes you can't compete with other people. We have different family. We have different genetic heritage. We have different body condition different education, condition, different, even different fate, yeah, destiny. So to compare with another person is, is not smart, but to, to compare your, with your own can be a smart thing to do. This was also one of the patterns that I found in people who are very unhappy, is that they have this external validation they need to be appreciated by others in, in, in comparison. They need to feel better than yeah. another person. And one thing that I have found that happy people have in common is that they pride themselves not on their necessarily only on their results, but on the effort they put in, how much, how much they are growing like yourself. And also, there are always people who are better than you. <laughs> it's, yes. it's, it's, it's ridiculous. There, there will always be people who are prettier than you, stronger than you, more richer than you, more, more successful than you. 
and uh, in, in in psychological terms this means a sympathetic joy it's an it's an ability to feel yourself comfortable when there are stronger persons in the room to have the ability to be happy when somebody else has fortune i think that is an ability that is very very important i have a good tip for this yeah please um, i think um to be so when you have good balance you will not anymore too much care about how other people think about you or how, how much other people are successful or beautiful compare yourself so you number one you should have your own good balance but how to get your own good balance there are several central points you have to reach one is you have to love yourself you have to love yourself very much number two love yourself doesn't mean spoil yourself love yourself means give yourself pushing opportunity to meet your own challenge that no one should take for you so go to your own challenge and make it beat it then when you beat several your own challenge then you realize you 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 have self appreciate to yourself you say wow i can do it i can so this is the real way you love yourself you love yourself and you think yourself is good so think yourself is good is very important so when you really think yourself is good then you you may not care other people too much <laughs> you may not care as how big cars or big house other people are carrying not too much and the final uh, and the third is about so you have to be tough to yourself do not spoil yourself especially when you are young <laughs> <laughs> how we have been talking before about commonalities among successful people and you were giving me a very good observation we were talking about the behavior the the drinking patterns of successful people and you said that many ceos that you observed they have a couple of drinks they have a great time but when it's 11 o'clock they go yeah. <laughs> they just they, they just vanish yeah. what do you do for yourself in order to hold yourself accountable and to be self-disciplined uh, this is i said so-called the third stage freedom The first stage, of course, you have to train yourself. You have to suffering from wanting, addicted to, you shouldn't do it. Everyone has this stage. This is why I say you have to be tough to yourself. Actually, everyone knows what is right, what is wrong. But just many people can't, it's too good to themselves, spoil themselves too much. So I had the period that quite often I do what I want, then I feel guilty. I hate this guilty feeling. So then next time, I do what I think it's right, but maybe I, for example, I want to drink two glasses of wine, but I drink only one. So maybe my feelings, oh, I'm missing one. But afterwards I feel good. Yeah, I had only one. So after this training, so it's training. Never, uh, there, never someone has it f from they were born. It's always training. So I have trained myself for years. Then one day I realized, oh, I don't need to train myself anymore. I just get it. So this is a moment you feel free. You don't need to tell yourself you can only drink one glass of wine. I drink one anyway. I even don't drink anymore. So I don't smoke anyway. So it's not, for example, also I keep very good body figure. Uh, for last 15 years, I, I keep 52 kilogram. Yeah, I'm 1.7 meters. So if somebody asks me how you keep your figure, if I tell them what I'm doing, this is 
this is I can feel guilty because this is a misleading yeah because I'm I, I would, I'm I'm really free to eat what I want eat as much as I like but I don't eat much anyway <laughs> yeah and uh, so I have trained myself being rational yeah. and then after years of training I'm free yeah mm -hmm. um, for people who never saw Tiang Tiang is a, a beautiful very aggressive aggressive person and our first meeting was when we were having sushi and it was the biggest sushi plate I ever had in my life and I never met a person who was uh, had such a was so skinny that could eat uh, so much uh, sushi <laughs> <laughs> so that was very funny but one thing that I realized only only this week I'm doing a project right now on finding a system for stopping behavior is that when you have that third glass of wine and you know you shouldn't really drink it but you drink it anyway and in, in my opinion it is also because you lack awareness that every time you make a decision and you say yes to something you're saying no to something else it's like yeah you say yes to having that that fifth cocktail at the bar but at the same time this decision also means that you are saying no to being uh, waking up happy the next day without a hangover so being aware and thinking constantly about yourself yes this this is good for me right now and this is gives me pleasure right now but it will cause pain in the future is something that i think is is very important for young people to understand because they often forget that there are consequences <laughs> <laughs> and you have to go to work sometimes even when you are hangover yeah so sometimes we have to learn through the failure yeah if yeah. once you had this drinking too much next day feel dead then you will remember it so next time you may tell yourself no two glasses enough otherwise <laughs> tomorrow i'm dead two glasses, i feel happy now yeah. but i don't need a third glass to feel yeah. happier but tomorrow <laughs> yeah. i feel better yeah so yeah. so you have to learn through yeah. once or twice bad experience yeah. so it's also nothing wrong yeah. With sake, it was an exception. <laughs> um, if you could add one ingredient to happiness, what ingredient would that be? Happiness is a decision. Mm. So the happiness is a decision means you decide to be happy. It's not because today someone loves you, you feel happy. Today you get one million, fall from the heaven, you feel happy. Or today someone so bad to you you feel unhappy no happiness is you decide no matter what you meet today no matter happened today you feel happy of course there are something extreme thing happen you won't feel happy anyway but generally I mean generally our normal daily life I think it's also a training yourself you decide you are happy if I so it's more you, like you I'm control sorry. your mood not your mood control you If I would ask you the same question, like when you, what person do you think of when you think of the word successful but with happiness, what person would you think of? Um, for example, I like uh, Steve Jobs, but I know he's not happy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's very extreme. Yeah, but I, I, I really love his achievement for yeah for for changing the world. This is I, I love, but uh, I, I don't know if he's happy. And also, for sure, I don't want to have the same life like he has. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is also complicated. When you are getting older, uh, you have more experience uh, for yourself, for seeing 
people then you know everybody's life is tough so no one's life is happy forever <laughs> or something for these great people of course they are very far away to everyone we never have the chance to really know their life so i say i don't know but i i know few people which is just normal people can be my neighbors can be my uh, friends i know few they hold good life these people who hold the good life i have one really good friend she's uh, she she passed away already because she's she died when she was 76 years old she used to be my landlady in england i lived with her for a year she's she's a poor person she's never been rich and uh, she um, she worked she used to work in the bakery <laughs> uh, shop and uh, she has five children has a wonderful husband and uh, they have um, they hold a very very successful marriage and they love each other very much they say i love you every day several times mm -hmm. and uh, um and, and uh, uh, she is very very close to her five children and grandchildren she's a fully loving person yeah. and uh, she is really happy she's really happy and uh, so i think loving people loving your family loving uh, having a real love partners can it is one of most important things for life and another person which is also one of my very good friends i think she's he is successful is he is also a businessman uh, as a ceo of uh, one of the biggest company in england in uh, industry and uh, he's very smart very nice to people and uh, he also hold very successful marriage with his wife has two children grow up and uh, he's also for me he's also successful yeah so the, these are the people i know as my mm. friends i really see they are mm. happy yeah so all other these great guys i i don't know i don't know them so i can't say they are the example that they are happy because many great people they achieve huge um success huge achievement but their normal life may be disastrous great elaboration yeah you were talking about steve jobs steve jobs is he's an innovator but he's also famous for screaming at his employees and having a, a harsh uh, style of, of of leadership how would you describe you i know you have also many employees how would you describe your own style of leadership? My leadership is also it's a procedure of growth. I, my beginning stage of being, because I run my own company when I was 24 years old, so I also learned to be to leading. And uh, I, in my beginning uh, years, I, I was, if I look back, I feel quite shame. <laughs> And uh, I also screaming to people and uh, mad uh, and because I was young and those pressure for me it's like uh, very heavy and uh, I was because when you're screaming when you're angry it's just because you are scaring yeah. so uh, so when you are young less experiences you scare more <laughs> anything can make you scare and then you were mad you were screaming to people so 
these screaming people, angry people, are scaring people. Yeah. And uh, this is from psychology, it's also, I guess. Yes. And uh, so, um, yeah, so I'm, I have learned a lot from my employee, from other um, managers, how they can behave elegant and nice to people, but also efficient. So I learn a lot from other people. Also, I can do reflection to myself. If I scream to somebody one day, I feel also not good. Yeah, so I'm finally a normal person. And now my style of leading is um, much easier and much uh, warm, much relaxed. And uh, of course, I'm still very strict and direct, but that's it. So I'm, of course, there are still space I have to grow, uh, I have to learn, but I'm, I'm satisfied with myself. Yeah. And uh, if I look back, this, the people like Steve Jobs or Elon Musk. Elon Musk, yeah. Yeah, these kind of people, I think they are um, from the talent side, they are uh, a genius. Yeah. I'm just a normal person, they are genius. I'm a normal person, work hard. So I run a small company, but they are genius, work harder. So this is very different. And uh, so since they are genius in brain, and uh, maybe from psychology side, they are a kind of dismantle, yeah, because they don't care other people's, and extremely don't care. This is also not normal. So sometimes I read some articles, they said uh, a genius brain plus a, a dismantle character. These are normally great people, like uh, Adolf Hitler, Chairman Mao, Steve Jobs, etc. So I, I can never be there <laughs> because I'm a normal person. So these huge, successful, great guys, they are not normal. This is my life experience, tell me. Yeah, I'm yeah. definitely uh, uh, also very much in a normal camp. <laughs> <laughs> you are lucky yeah. to be normal. Yeah. And this is one of the reasons why I founded this podcast, because I need uh, many, many people to teach me. <laughs> you are very humble successful. and open. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm, I appreciate it. Um, if you can say one ingredient that leads to unhappiness, because I think it's also important to look at what makes you miserable, what behaviors lead to you not feeling fine. What comes to mind for you then? Okay, I, I think uh, everyone has different points that can lead you to feel unhappy. For me, so uh, I can't say something that cover everyone. So it's only for me, even maybe five years ago, the point is different from now who I am. So today, in, my, in this age, in my stage, I think what can lead me to unhappiness is uh, you, you give me a right answer, which I was searching, I have searching for years for two years at least, but you answered today, I thank you. So it's about, uh, you have to keep your environment clean. Do not mm. let um, this wrong people or this negative people near to you. Please do not lower, evaluate their effect. Yes. Yeah. There's so, a saying, uh, we are the sum of the five people we associate most with. And one of my focal points of my work right now is addiction and depression. And we people, we are not, we are not islands. We are not completely self-made. There are many, many factors that play into who we become as a person, how we feel, how successful we are. And I believe a necessity for 
success and happiness is just like you say clean your room and surround yourself with people you want to be like and people who bring out the best in you if you do the opposite they will not benefit your happiness but will make you worse and this is very hard decision very very hard decision when it comes to love when you have a partner who has many problems when you have friends who maybe have addiction or even family members of yourself who are uh, negative or depressed this is a very hard a human thing to endure i think but you need to go out and find people who enlighten your room and not make it worse who yeah. is positive who is yes. uh, behavior change can yeah. only ha is yeah. the the strongest ways to change behavior is to change the environment change the people change the change the country often when you take a depressed person and you take him out of the uh, his environment for example and you put him in a psychiatric hospital he gets better there because not because he changed but because all the things his environment everything that was keeping him down making him miserable causing pain is gone then let's move to the last section habit questions what do the first 60 minutes of your morning look like uh, my morning uh, my working morning working day from Monday to Friday I wake up normally at 6 uh, then <laughs> my first thing is to sit up and uh, lie in bed and uh, bring my handy to work yeah yeah and work for um, one and a half hour then so you get up in the bed yeah get out your phone yeah and then you answer email or what yeah, you do? emails ah. and the messages ah. I have a huge numbers of this ah. <laughs> to do in the morning urgent and then help my team members then I start to wash myself uh, in the bathroom uh, normally 7 30 I wake up I start to work from six then I stop first stop it's 7 30 we have my children cook breakfast for them now we have eating together a what breakfast. do you cook eggs bread <laughs> yeah, toast <laughs> yeah I cook every morning and prepare a nice breakfast for them then uh, send them to the door mm. then they go to school by themselves but I feel good to cook breakfast for them sit together to eat breakfast with them have a talk then see them to the door have a hug then I feel good so the, then this will be 8 so 30 minutes uh, 8 or 8.15 normally it takes 30 to 45 minutes then I came back to work again from 8.30 or 8.45 I work home because I do not want to waste time on the way to the office so until 11 or 12 then I have a lunch break. Do you uh, drink coffee or tea in the morning? Tea. In the morning. What kind of tea? Uh, black tea. Black tea. <laughs> yes, English <laughs> any, black tea. Any brand? I, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> My colleague's spot for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then we, um, yeah, then this is my morning. My morning is uh, quite busy and uh, quite concentrated. Then lunch break, I, uh, I have a new style. Because previous I had no lunch break time. I normally ask my uh, colleague to buy a bread for me. I eat and work. But uh, lately, these two months, I changed it. Uh, every lunch I spend one hour for myself because in Hamburg the weather is good. I um, 
I spend lunch to meet a friend because this is a good time to meet friends, neighbors uh, for lunch. Yeah, we had good lunch under sunshine <laughs> and then I feel mm, life is better. Yeah. Which is so rare in Hamburg that we had sunshine. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And this summer was particular. So it's again, like you said, when environment changes, your idea can be also changed. It is. Previous, when really? we have this cloudy, coldy weather, we maybe have no idea, think, oh, go out for lunch. Yeah, do not go out. Yeah, we do not want to go out. So now I spend lunch outside and have a very happy mood. Then I start work again from two, yeah, till uh, five or six. Then I pick up children, cook, and eating together. Then I start to learn something, reading, learning by myself from seven. What are you reading and learning? Uh, I learn German, as you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really like it. Yeah. And the uh, reading, uh, I have many. I bought many um, e-books. And uh, do I, you read your e-books on your phone? Yes, I also have many books, real books. Ah. So I normally I like to read world history, and uh, also um, like this very popular brief history of mankind, brief mm. history of time from Hawking. Steve Hawking, I think. Yeah. yeah. And I, I love this kind of book because this, they are scientists, which is I know nothing about their area, but I can read through their book to know something about it. Yeah, because they tell the story in a very, uh, you know, easy language. And uh, so I love it. I also l read a lot of history book and also a lot of uh, good book talking about how to run company, how to run business, etc. I love this kind of book. Yeah. Any books that you have recommended uh, often? Uh, really, really, I, I would like to recommend this uh, brief history of mankind. Brief history of mankind. Yeah, it's wonderful. It's super, if super you, angle view of human. If yeah. you like uh, history so much, I can. You should check out the Hardcore History podcast. It's really fun. And also a book I will bring you next time. Yeah. It's called <laughs> Sapiens. <laughs> yeah, from John Hariri. You will really like it. Yeah, thank you. Tian, you have a lot of uh, stress in, in, in your uh, through. When you have a company, you have so much to do. What are some habits you have against uh, stress reduction or for stress reduction? Mm, this is also a very good question. This is also a training. In my early years for run my own business, very stressful, very stressful. And uh, but after years training or after years, every day you have so many stressful. Every year you have new stress. You becomes not so sensitive anymore. So okay, one more trouble. Okay, well, <laughs> so you you are very calm down. So it's again the training. So do not give yourself pressure when you feel stress. Sometimes stress is unavoid, more unavoidable. Now stress is stress. Then stand there for your stress then. Being stressful then. But if you have more stress, then you feel cool down. So it's like it's 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 a humor, but it's true. Some people they have uh, uh, alcohol allergic when they drink a little wine, their face is red. So they ask a doctor how how to heal this. How to? They want to drink because they want to social. The doctor said, <laughs> drink more. 
drink more than you say, it works really drink more really i have friends drink more then it disappears it's allergic so so when you have stressful stress when you feel stressful if you ask my tip take more stress go go up there go up there i would never there. guess that this advice would go this way <laughs> there to have more stress then you feel oh, nothing nothing so i have a, a very good friend he also run his company for whole life he told me tian for sure i learned from my lifelong business there will forever a trouble come no matter which trouble but there will forever a solution so he's very positive Ooh. yeah so so you have solution yeah, you will have solution we are almost at the end of our interview Uh, one last question to habits, and then we move on to the uh, grow questionnaire, which is a rapid fire session where you answer questions not so much in deep, but just what your guts tells you. Mm -hmm. Okay, last question of habits. Imagine you have a magic wand and you can change any behavior you have. You can add a behavior, a routine, a ritual, or you can get away. Uh, can eradicate the behavior you don't want anymore what would you choose a behavior i don't like yeah i want to change sorry this very geeky psychology question but <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah this is a good question i i have it okay yeah i want to because my weakness is um i have a very soft heart i don't like this because this sometimes means stupid stupid mercy so i if one thing i want to um you know There is magic then can take away <laughs> and this is this uh, yeah that is deep yeah. yeah last question i have to ask one more question i cannot get away from the, <laughs> the habit question always yeah what is the weird or absurd habit that you have that not many people know about for example to give you give you an idea for me i don't know why but every time i cannot sleep I watch a documentary about dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't know why, but I can sleep like a baby afterwards. So, do you uh, have any weird habits or obsessions that you like? I, I can't remember now. Don't don't uh, worry. Don't uh, worry. So don't I, worry. I put this in my mind. So next time <laughs> no <laughs> when worry, we meet, no I tell worry. you. <laughs> no worry. It was also a weird question. <laughs> oh. Okay. Let's move to the goal questionnaire. Just mm -hmm. uh, say what comes to your mind. What is your favorite word? Cool. cool. <laughs> <laughs> What is your least favorite word? I also don't know. You also don't know. No, no. <laughs> What noise do you love, and what noise do you hate? Noise. Like sounds. Yeah, I I hate this scratching the at the metal chalkboard? door, <laughs> the door, the, the the metals. You know, this yeah. scratching. It's I hate all the door. What is the What a noise that you I love. love. I love raining. Raining. Yeah. <laughs> If you could pick one person, dead or alive, and you can go with that person to a beach in Hawaii, maybe, and have dinner with that person, who would that person be? The person I want to have a date. A date? Uh, no, no, no. I mean, what? It does not have to be a date. You can oh. have a. A a good conversation. It okay. can be a famous person. It can be a scientist. It can be someone that's dead. It can be a friend of yours. Totally free. Yeah, I want to have uh, some time, spend a time with uh, 
I also don't know. <laughs> no problem. We have been Maybe talking for a long time, and uh, we both haven't been uh, sleeping so much last night. Okay, what was the best investment you ever made? This can be money. This can be time. This can be uh, effort. I have several very good investment, like my education is a very good investment. And also, um, my life experiences with my mom, because she's very tough to me. I think it's finally it's also very cool. <laughs> <laughs> the third is about um, I used to uh, have this experience for the from the church, from the religion, from the Christian church, and. Uh, because the, the, the reason I, why I get into the church is because I'm interested for history, for, you know, for culture, etc. But uh, I discovered it's a, uh, it's a huge world, yeah, and uh, with a lot of uh, um, knowledge, a, a lot of teachings uh, I learned, and uh, this is a good good experience, good investment. It, it, this affects my value system. A lot. Okay. Yeah. Two more questions, then uh, we wrap this up. I think. <laughs> uh, if you put, if you could put a life slogan on every mark in the world, what would that slogan be like? Like a cup and the whole. You know, sometimes there are cups. There are slogans written on it. What would be your life slogan that everybody has to look at when they're picking up their cup? I don't have this. You don't have this? No. <laughs> no problem. Okay. Last question, then we then we are through. If you would die and you stand at the gate of heaven, what would you like to hear God say to you? I think the God will tell me uh, you're home now. You're home. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful. Tian, this has been fun. I've been learning so much and I uh, can't wait to re-listen to it. And yeah, for everybody that uh, listens, thanks for tuning into the Grok uh, podcast and thanks for having us. Tian? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, uh, everyone. It's so nice to share a little experiences with you and I wish... Um, we have uh, in the future another chance to discuss further. Of course, of course. <laughs> Thank you, guys. See you next time. See you. Bye-bye. Well, folks, this was today's episode. I hope this could add some value to you guys. This podcast still is in its experimental phase, so please let me know what you liked and didn't like. You can let me know on my blog, dannykareem.com, or on social media. As always, thank you so much for listening and tune in next time.